friends and story seekers, welcome to Seeking Stories, where we unlock the secrets of your favorite books and movies. And welcome to episode six of the Seeking Story Story Journal. It's been only about a week since I've started the podcast, and I've really decided that I really want there to be a video version of it as well. I'm just such a video guy at heart that just the thought of having just a podcast without any video, I, it kind of hurt my soul a little bit. So I don't know how long this is going to continue. I don't know if I can maintain doing a video version of every single one of the audio podcasts. But if you're listening to this episode on any podcast platform, know that it is available on YouTube at Seeking Stories. Conversely, if you're watching this on YouTube and prefer the audio version, uh, this podcast is available on various audio platforms as well, uh, currently on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and some lesser known things, um, I mean, like iHeartRadio. Uh, hopefully it'll be on uh, Google Podcasts soon. Um, but all that to say, welcome, welcome to this podcast, something I'm so excited about doing, uh, where I, every weekday, uh, so far I've broken down a little bit of what I've read or what I've watched and just analyzed it from a story perspective, because if you've been following me for any length of time now, uh, you know that I'm absolutely crazy and that's what I love to do. I, I enjoy breaking stories down and figuring out how they work better than actually enjoying the stories themselves, which I would argue probably isn't the best thing in the world, but it is what it is right now. And I'm trying to find a more healthy balance. So uh, I have actually restarted this book. It is called The Secrets of Story by Matt Bird. And um, this is a book that I, I got at the end of 2019. I started reading it early 2020, but then we all know what happened in the beginning of 2020. And I just, I never re-picked it back up again. I just really wasn't ironically enough in the mood to read it. Um, I was went back into the worlds of Brandon Sanderson and the Cosmere and Stormlight Archive, things like that, and you know, kind of found some some escape in the fantasy uh, world. Uh, but I've decided to restart reading this book um, because uh, he takes a really interesting look at how stories work. And he uses the example of if you're a writer, and even if you're not a writer, but someone who appreciates stories, um, not just knowing the theoretical, philosophical aspects of how storytelling works. But he uses the analogy of, let's say that, you know, you're a surgeon and there's specific tools that you need in order to, to successfully perform surgery. And he literally uses the example of, well, I'm like the nurse handing you all the tools that you need. And that's what he does here. He really hands you the tools you need to either tell stories or analyze stories. Uh, and that's what I love about it. And one thing in particular that I want to point out is when he talks about, uh, Adaptations, you know, specifically book to movie adaptations, but I think you can apply this, um, you know, play to film, uh, musicals to to film, uh, short story to film, really anything to quote the visual medium. <clears throat> and he says on page three, uh, when a novel is adapted for the screen, it's boiled down to its to its essence. In the essence of writing is what we're talking about here, or I would you know paraphrase that to the essence of storytelling. Doesn't just have to be writing. But that word, the essence, that's the word that I've been searching for for so long when I talk about stories on the Seeking Stories you know, YouTube channel or podcast. Um, I get a little bit of flack once in a while because I oftentimes I love the, the movie version so much, sometimes even better than, than the book version of things in, in a few cases. And in a lot of cases, I feel like that's why. I feel like film versions, if done well, in big caveat, if done well, that's that's the key here they really focus on the essence of like what makes a story powerful. I think you take a look at the perfect example in most people's minds, in, in my mind as well, which is The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. 
adapted into three films by Peter Jackson uh, nearly 20 years ago now, which is absolutely insane if you're listening to this in, in 2021. Um, but he, well, he really did Peter Jackson. Yeah, of course he has, you know, the characters and the plot and you know, a lot of the visual elements, but he captured the essence of the story. He captured really the, the key thematic elements. Um, the character of Galadriel says in the Lord of the Rings film, what I think is really the, one of the major themes of the story is even the smallest person can change the course of the future. There's many other sub themes that go into that, like sacrifice, but Peter Jackson uh, really understood the idea of the what makes the essence of the story. What is so important about this story that if it's not there, the audiences will will hate it. And I've read and watched a lot of interviews with Peter Jackson throughout uh, the last 20 years or so. And one thing that they always came back to, because they did make some major changes from the book to the movie and the scripting stages and even in some of the early filming stages, <clears throat> But they always came back to what did Tolkien say? How can we honor Tolkien, at least in the spirit of Tolkien? What would he have done? Um, and they were really uh, careful to try to uh, take that essence and translate it into the film version. Um, one particular interview that I saw with one of the, the co-screenwriters, her name was Philippa Boyens, and she mentions one of the biggest departures from the book to the movie, and that is the elves of Lothlorien showing up to fight alongside men in Rohan. And she admits that like, this is, you know, 100% not in the book at all. But and I'm paraphrasing again, in her mind, in their, their screenwriter's mind, it captured the essence of what Tolkien was trying to do. Um, you know, the last alliance of elves and men, which is 2000 years prior to that. And the spirit of men and elves fighting alongside each other, uh, again, uh, because the, the elves of Lothlorien really did fight um, around the same time as the War of the Ring, during the Battle of Helm's Deep, there were skirmishes going on in the Elven Kingdom and around their borders. So it kind of took the spirit of what was going on and it really uh, honed it down into, again, the essence of what it was and you know applied it into something that really gave us a little bit more of a dramatic oomph, if you will, um, for the story. So that's, again, one thing that I, I really appreciated is they, they had a, a really solid Tolkien justification for why they thought this would work. It wasn't just a departure, and it was a departure, but it was a departure that made sense when compared to the essence of the story or when taking account the essence of the story. Um, and you, you can look at various uh, books and movies and you can see ones that do that well and ones that don't do it well. Uh, a few weeks ago, you heard me and Kristen harp a little bit on the Aragon adaptation, which I think is a horrible adaptation. Uh, if I'm honest, there's a few things I think they did well, almost by happen chance. Uh, but I don't think they were seeking to honor the story. Um, I remember literally seeing a behind the scenes uh, feature on, on the, the DVD. And I think it was literally the director. And again, I have a lot of respect for people who work in Hollywood. They have a tough job. And, you know, this isn't I'm not saying anything bad about, you know, him as a person or anything like that. He, he's he had a very successful visual effects career before and after Aragon. Um, so I'm not trying to you know, knock him for, you know, what he does creatively over the scope of his career. But, you know, for that particular movie, um, I know there was a lot of the, the politicking that went on before the big battle at the end of the movie. Like most fantasies, there's a big battle at the end of the story. And they filmed a bunch of it, just like it's in the book, but they cut out just because they, in their words, oh, we just want to hurry up and get to the battle. And that is not capturing the essence of stories, guys. That is not at all. That is trying to rush to get to the things you think your audience is going to care about well, without taking into account what the story is about. So I think that's why the story of Aragon, the movie version anyway, 
did not work because they were, I think they were just trying to see what is the, what is the audience like? What, what can we do to make this into the most you know, condensed version of the movie? And I, I get a little bit of flack on book two, but I'm, I'm, I'm 100% okay with that for always saying, oh, let's cut things down and make it shorter. And for me, you know, I think I'm trying to boil it down to the essence. How can we make it, you know, the most powerful version of the story possible? I don't want to strip away the story for the sake of stripping away the story by any means. I adore the four hour long version of Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. And I hope so much that someday Peter Jackson is able to release like the ultimate editions that have like all the scenes they cut out because they didn't include everything in the extended editions. I am all for something long if it captures the essence of it in the best way possible. And just a lot of times when books have to be adapted into movies, have to be adapted, when they or when they can be adapted into movies, when they're permitted to, when they're allowed to, when they get to be adapted into movies, something like that anyway. <laughs> I'm just spewing guys here. Thank you for bearing with me. Uh, but when they get to be adapted, um, sometimes the best thing you can do is take, you know, the, the thousand pages or whatever and really trim it down to what captures the essence. Trying to keep as much of it as possible, staying true to the character, staying true to as much of the plot as possible, staying true to the theme. Uh, I think another great example for me personally, and I know there is some contention here, is uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. The longest Harry Potter book by far not only that, it is 0.5 size font smaller than all the other Harry Potter books. So not only is it more pages, the font is smaller. So take that information and do with it what you will. But I think they really took a really did a really good job of taking, again, the essence of all those struggles that the kids went through with like Umbridge, the evil teacher, and they consolidated it down into something that stayed true to the spirit of the story without having to include every single instance of the the conflict interactions um, and making it work for the silver screen because it would not have worked just to kind of see you know those kind of conflicts almost repeating itself over and over again I know, I know there's character development that happens there but they were really able to boil it down into the most important aspects keep it as true to the story as they could but without making it you know a seven hour bonanza so anyway those are my th uh, very brief thoughts and why i think that what matt bird says in this book is so true that when you're adapting something from a written medium to a visual medium, um, capturing the essence is the most important thing. So thank you so guys so much for watching this episode or listening to it if you are listening to it on the podcast. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let's continue the conversation below. I've said my half of the conversation. You say your half now. And I look forward to reading your comments. And until next time, as always, go seek some stories. Mm -hmm.